one time I got COVID back in 2020 and I was like, oh, MG, this is the worst, but also I'm 21 years old. It should be relatively okay. I've never had any prior health issues, but then I started getting numbness in my hands and my forearms along with really persistent headaches, which I never really had before. I attributed this to just being really stressed out because I just started the serving job. I was crying in the walk-ins. You guys know how it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know how it is. But then my tongue goes numb in my mouth and I'm like, oh, oh, that's not supposed to happen. So I go to the ER, I pass out in the ER, drama queen, I know, I know. They tell me, don't even worry about it. You're just anxious. Like they were, they were agreeing with me. I was like, oh, I knew it. Like, so, so sorry to waste your time. I go back home, three months later, I'm hanging out with someone. My entire left side of my face starts to, uh, starts to droop. They're like, okay, time to go back to the hospital. I'm like, no, no, it's just anxiety. Don't you worry. But sadly, not anxiety, it was a stroke. And I had been having strokes, apparently, because my internal carotid arteries were closing up to be this teeny tiny small. So they had to open them back up with stents. And I was like, great, okay, that's that's totally great. We're done, haha, <laughs> that was traumatic, putting that in the past. I fly to New York City because what else am I supposed to do? And then whilst in New York City, I get numbness again, this time in my head, and they find a big old marshmallow of inflammation behind my eyeball. So I go back home because no way I'm dealing with that by myself. Absolutely no way in New York City, are you kidding? And when I wake up from the flight, oh, oh, no vision, <laughs> no vision at all. So that's kind of unfortunate. And now it's 2023 and no one really knows why all of this happened exactly or how to get rid of it. All right, Sandy Rios with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. That's just, that just came out. It's a, it's a young girl on TikTok. She says, you heard, 21 years old. She's a very pretty girl. She's blonde. Uh, you might be able to find it uh, if you Google it. All I know is what you just heard, except that one side of her face was drooping. Her eye is bulging and down in her face. She's distorted. The other half of her face is very pretty. Well, that's not important, I guess. Not as important as life itself, but she's lost vision. And all of this happened after she took her vaccination for COVID. Now, she hasn't quite figured that out, but she's telling everyone that. And that's kind of the topic of our conversation today. We're going to talk to one of the heroes in the COVID, the fight against all of the horrible, horrible, wrong, wickedly wrong information we got about the COVID virus when it broke out, about the vaccination and all of it. And we'll do it with Dr. Ryan Cole. You may know his name. He was one of the lead doctors to speak out first. Uh, He actually practiced in Idaho. Uh, He is a board-certified dermatopathologist and the CEO of the medical director of Cole Diagnostics. At least he was. He's going to tell you what happened to that when we talk. He used to be the chief fellow uh, and a surgical pathology fellowship at the Medical College of Virginia and many, 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 many other accolades. But Ryan, uh, because of his pathology experience and expertise, uh, saw this early on. He's going to describe it to us. And what's happened to him since that time, I want you to hear that. I think you'll want to hear that. Well, you know you can call us at 662-821-2040 here at Sandy Reels 24-7. You can email us at sandy at net. We are on uh, uh, the social media platforms, whichever one you're on. We are there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and you can find us at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or on net. Or you can go to sandyrios.com. That's our website. And you can find all the information you need and listen to the podcast every 
single day that way. You can support our sponsors, and one of those is Preborn. You know, Preborn is trying to counter the whole move, the ravenous appetite to abort babies in this culture. You know, according to a former Satanist, the demonic forces have a bloodlust for the innocents and sickly believe that their blood sacrifice empowers evil. Make no mistake, we are fighting a spiritual battle as we protect the most innocent among us, babies and their mother's wombs. Preborn stands on the front lines of this battle, and their network of clinics are positioned in the highest abortion areas, often right next to abortion mills, where unspeakable evil takes place every single day. You know, you've seen more and more pictures that have been released from Israel of the slaughter the unmentionable things that have been done. Well, this is what they've been doing to babies in some form or fashion for decades now in this country. And we're trying to stop it. And we're working with Preborn to do that. If you you would like to help provide an ultrasound so a mom can make a redemptive choice and not choose to let her baby be destroyed in that way, uh, where she can come to the realization that this really is a child, it's her child, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right. So uh, I appreciate you listening. I know this is a hard topic, but I'm afraid that they're going to be reintroducing. Uh, I'm sure they're talking about it. We've heard rumblings of it. I think the uh, Israeli war has kind of quieted, quieted this news. But trust me, the powers that be have in mind for us to have another pandemic because it worked very well for them, just not quite so well for us. Well, sit back, take your pencil and paper, because we're going to go to school today on this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. This shouldn't have been necessary. As our information grew, as we became better and better educated, less ignorant about the coronavirus, COVID, the COVID vaccines, this, this, should, this should have been made public every step along the way. But it wasn't. So again, I'm, I'm just asking the viewing public to have an open mind, respect these individuals who have paid a significant price, professionally, reputationally. How many of you in this room, recognizing there are doctors, there are PhDs, there are attorneys, media experts, other scientists, public citizens, how many of you personally have witnessed censorship, intimidation, or professional reprisal and damage as a result of your advocacy for patients. I want this to be recorded. That is 80% of this room have experienced something negative in their life in trying to promote and help compassionately something positive for patients suffering with a potentially fatal illness. All right, that was a hearing that Senator Ron Johnson 
uh, set up in, I think it was 2020, uh, where he invited uh, some of the people that we are interviewing now and that we saw at the Florida Summit on COVID recently, uh, who have indeed paid a tremendous price. Uh, Ron Johnson was so bold himself. He took a big hit for doing what he did. And he didn't do that in the context of a committee. He did that on the side, uh, brought in these experts, and made this public information. He's the only person in Congress who had that kind of guts. And so I think it's pretty amazing. And that was the voice of Dr. Peter McCullough, who's also one of the heroes who asked how many in that audience had suffered for trying to get out the truth about COVID. Well, recently we caught up with one of the other giants of this, uh, and his name is Dr. Ryan Cole. He's very, very funny, but mostly he's not funny in this interview because you're going to hear why. So here is our interview with Dr. Ryan Cole. All right, my next guest here at uh, the Florida Summit on COVID 2023 is someone I've uh, seen from a distance and heard and watched him, but I've just never had a chance to interview him. And it's Dr. Ryan Cole, who is a male trained ophthalmologist. No, no, pathologist. Oh, Dr. hang on a second. Oh, you know, there's another, there's a Dr. ophthalmologist Urso, yeah, coming so, along. Yeah, you have pathologists there. You're okay. right. Well, I can't read. But, uh, <laughs> no. All right, a pathologist, which is very interesting because you know a lot about the chemical part. You saw it with your eyes about how the COVID virus was affecting people in the shot and all that. We'll get into that. But uh, one thing I loved about your presentation, uh, Dr. Coles, you, you have such a great sense of humor. <laughs> Thank you. you. What did you say? You said... Some people say health and wellness, and you say wealth and hellness. Yeah, we've we've turned into well, an yeah. era of wealth and hellness. And you look at all the money that was made during the pandemic, yeah. and and the hell that we've gone through society. Yeah. And you know we've we've ignored the basics of medicine and allowed a, a horrible government and horrible agencies to take over with no interest in our health. What were you doing in fall of 2019? Uh, fall of 2019, quietly working in my laboratory. In um, Idaho, right? In Idaho, yeah. um, just kind of keeping up my little organic farm, doing a little woodwork in my wood shop. I love to do wood art. I was just living a normal life. When, when's the first time that you kind of became aware of COVID and then I know it's a slow process, but yeah, for me, yeah. I had a background in uh, virology and immunology. I did a year of PhD work when I was in med school or after, yeah, yeah. In med school, I was an MD PhD student. Once we had our first baby on the way, I pulled out of my PhD track. So I knew about virology pretty well. Um, immunology, I had years of immunology classes. When they announced the pandemic in early 2020, I had already studied SARS-CoV-1. I was aware of MERS. I'd already known about coronaviruses. So when they started announcing certain things, it didn't make sense pretty much from day one for me because I knew coronaviruses always mutate. That The whole concept, the moment they said warp speed vaccine, I, I'm like, whoa, put on the brakes. I started speaking out right away. I knew we would have problems, and of course we have. And this is the problem with medicine is... 99 plus percent of doctors don't understand basic immunology. They really don't. They get a week or two in med school, that's it. Knowing the ins and outs of the immune system, the whole system just, they bought the narrative, they ignored actual understanding of pathophysiology, 
and here we are all these years yeah. later still talking about it. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, we met a doctor once where we live. Uh, just met him on the street in his golf cart. And we, he was a younger guy who was, had just retired, and he was telling us, just we were laughing back and forth, and he talked about how he studied uh, one of the area of medicine. I think it might have been immunology. It was hunting season, and he loved to hunt, so he missed a lot of class. He was laughing about that. And I mean, no, that's just, uh, uh, but I think even like with law school, the people are generalists, and once you get into practice, uh, you, you, most people just cannot keep up. So they look to the CDC, do they not? Or the National Institutes for Health, for their, that's like the Bible, the guidance. Didn't we find that out during COVID? Yeah, the CDC, I, I think it stands for the Centers for Deception and Confusion. Oh, that's good. The NIH, I call them not in the interest of health, and the FDA, <laughs> I call them the Fraudulent Drug Administration. Uh, that's true. Because that's, that's what these agents, they're, they're bought, they're um, corrupted, uh, regulatory capture by the pharmaceutical industry. It's all, follow the money. And, and unfortunately, you know, here we have supposedly one of the best, best health systems on earth. And we, who had some of the poorest outcomes in the world? We did. But did you know this, what you just said about the NIH and the CDC and uh, whatever it was, the other one, um, before um, COVID? Not, not so much. I mean, oh. this, this just ripped the band-aid off the wound yeah, and yeah. you just saw how push, pustules and purulent you know these agencies are underneath I, I didn't know this until you know I, I've been a little outside of the narratives of medicine because I, I, I saw the corruption probably 14 15 years ago when I did a health and lifestyle change personally got more into nutritional medicine and just personal wellness and then you know, started looking at a lot of different things, whether it's the cholesterol myth, the corruption of statins. You know, I, I was aware of things that, that were wrong in medicine before this all happened, and this just exposed it all. But, like, people make mistakes, but, I, I mean, I'm like, who knew? I mean, I'm not a medical person, but who knew it was as corrupt as it was? And as you look back on it, as you finally realized what was, the curtains were lifted, did you think of things that you'd been taught or practices? And oh, did you start absolutely. to see things that you Question like, everything. Like, well, yeah. So do you think there was any a major deception that they succeeded in before this? Oh, I mean, you think of the Vioxx scandal that killed people. Pfizer's biggest find to that point. You look at the opioid crisis and how many people they've killed with that. Um, you know, I've done a deep dive into the whole vaccine industry in the 1986 Act and how corrupt all vaccines are now with no placebo-controlled trials. Um, it, it, I, I saw inklings of it and... You know, like you mentioned, we're all so busy just trying to keep up with our day-to-day -day and our practices and whatnot. But once you start doing a deep dive down these pathways, it's hard to trust. It's yes, well, for a layperson, it's hard to trust. I want. I just. I don't. Uh, Doctor Latell is my doctor. Okay, wonderful. So, He's uh, you a get great the, doctor. Because I don't. I don't trust. I just can hardly go. I don't trust anybody. And I find that nurses, even nurse friends of mine, were so. Like, a good friend of mine is a pharmacist. The CDC was God. Yeah. Whatever the NIH said. And, and how can you have informed consent in any aspect of medicine if you're not informed? Exactly. And, and then these days, obviously, with those comments I made, you have to even look at the source of the information and who's behind the... And the studies, are all, they're all corrupt. Ryan, uh, sorry, 
tactical. <laughs> so fine. you started speaking out. I mean, that's, I think, when I saw you first. Uh, you were speaking out uh, very uh, boldly. And I guess in your, were you giving, you were giving people hydroxychloroquine? Or oh, I, I used a lot of medicines. You know, I agree with Dr. McCullough, you know, treating any viral illness, you treat the phase of the disease the patient's in. So it's a sequence multi-drug approach. You know, many patients, I used both, uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, budesonide, phenofibrate, um, oral uh, dose and taper of steroids is needed, some anticoagulants is needed. So understanding the disease you know, came very quickly to me because I'm a pathologist. I, I saw what was happening in the lab results of so many patients. People in my community weren't stepping up to treat. And I did years of emergency medicine, a moonlighting when I was in uh, training, did years of family medicine in addition to pathology, did years in dermatology clinics. So I'm a clinician at heart, and when I saw nobody stepping up to treat and having a hospital say, oh, go home till your lips turn blue, that was absurd. Oh, I, yes, I mean, I, that just floored me. Oh, and just go home and wait till there's a vaccine in a year or two. Forget about that. Oh, and, and don't come into the office. That's yeah. what we got. They signs on the door, don't come in. If you think, if you've tested positive for COVID, go to the hospital. That's what they would say. And, and, and here's the, the analogy I use. What, what if you had a broken leg with the bone sticking out and went to the ER and they said, you know what, that looks pretty bad. In two weeks when it's gangrenous, then come back. Uh, it was bizarre. And I think people who have a heart for, or a mind or ears for truth, under figure that out, Absolutely. whether they were medical or not. All right, so you start speaking out very boldly, and I guess I'm guessing because you, you're used to treating people for this kind of stuff with all the medications you just talked about. Suddenly, you're in a, you're in like in big hot water because you uh, you gave people the the drugs that are now anathema, right? Right, and, and yeah. you know how many of those patients complained? None. <laughs> You know how many of those went to the hospital? None. Do you know how many of those I charged? None. I treated everyone I treated, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients I treated for free. I figured if this was a pandemic, I was going to step up, be a good Samaritan, treat my community, and I did. And yet, uh, you are in Idaho, but so the Washington Medical Commission, they are over Idaho as well, I was well, guessing. Well, I have, well, I have uh, 10 different state licenses because I've done... Uh, pathology consultation okay. work for you know two decades uh, pay, uh, clients all around the country that would send their difficult biopsies for me to review so I have have a license currently in 10 states now this complaint I found out this uh, very corrupt uh, CEO of our biggest health system in Idaho dr. David Pate a reprehensible human being and you know he got paid you know millions upon millions of dollars as, as the COVID are for their hospital the guy doesn't know, um, you know, poop from Shinola in terms of science. <laughs> Tried not to swear there. But he, um, you know, he, and so he went on the attack because the hospitals were getting hundreds of millions from the federal government. So anything I was speaking, which was science-based, he, he filed a complaint in all the states I was licensed and joined the American Board of Pathology to complain against me. Um, complained to the College of American Pathology to take my fellowship away, blah, blah, blah. So this is the vendetta of one really bitty, bitter, you know, not very intelligent human, and yet we're, we're in this lawless state of lawfare, and they use the, the weaponize the boards of medicine against us, and this really all goes to the Federation of State Medical Boards. Um, that over there's they're a private association, but all the medical boards in the country are members of that association, they put out the directive. I'm sure it came from on high somewhere in the federal government. And 
And so this one man, you know, he's tried to make my life miserable because I helped people in the community and made the hospitals look bad. Well, that's kind of the way it was and still is. And then he, he made millions of dollars. Hospitals were just, that was one of the biggest shocks to me. Yeah. Was that hospitals were no longer trusted places. And, and this places. is a nonprofit hospital and their CEO, and, you know, I was talking to one of my uh, people in government in the county and he said, you know, from the IRS filings for nonprofits, this guy made like 20 million bucks, according to him. And meanwhile, I went into millions of dollars of debt to help, um, you know, test my community as needed. It took me three years to dig out of debt just to get back to break even. And now I've spent more on um, legal battles and, and traveling and teaching for non-reimbursed trips than I, more debt now than I'd had in medical school. I'm really, I, that makes me that furious. But I'm still smiling because yes, you life are. is still good. You're still very funny. You're actually very <laughs> funny. All right, so are you still then being, uh, I know Washington Medical Commission had a finding. I forgot what it was. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh gosh, you know, I, yeah, moral turpitude and blah, blah, blah. Yes. It was, again, no patient complaints. They just didn't like what I've taught. I'm so, like, bring better data. And they didn't. They had an addiction psychiatrist that was making $3,500 a day to testify against me. She has no background in virology. And, you know, our attorney asked her, so did you treat COVID patients? Yeah, Tylenol and cough medicine. I'm like, oh, good grief. That's the voice of Dr. Ryan Cole. And we're just getting started with that conversation. We caught up with him at the Florida Summit on COVID uh, at the Equestrian Center in Ocala. You heard us talk about it. And by the way, again, let me say it was a pleasure to meet several of you who listened to the show and came because you heard it. I, that was wonderful. It was just a wonderful day of really good information. There's something that's absolutely refreshing about hearing the truth, isn't there? Uh, so that's what Ryan Cole is telling us. And also, we interviewed Pierre, Pierre Corey while we were there. We aired that interview just, a, just recently. And in that interview, he talked to us about how much freedom uh, it gives him when people don't come to him covered by regular insurance. He said that with uh, Christian healthcare ministries and these health, these kind of health share programs, uh, you don't have to comply with these kinds of rules or dictates by the insurance companies, and that's why he's able to treat people uh, that have COVID after effects of COVID or long COVID. Uh, so it's. I never thought of that. It was really kind of revolutionary for me as we learn about this new way of covering your medical bills. I know that thousands and thousands of people have benefited from this, and, and I really do think that this is the wave of the future. Uh, as we, as insurance companies become more and more restrictive and hard on people with wrong thinking, I think Christian healthcare ministries might be the place where we all uh, gravitate, and we'll be very grateful for it because it does a great job of covering your medical bills. Uh, go to chministries.org slash Sandy. That's chministries.org slash Sandy and check them out and see if it's right for your family. And now back to Dr. Ryan Cole. And then they had another family doc who's not a virologist who only did one year of training beyond medical school and then went into family medicine. So, I mean, it was... It, when you, when you put clowns in charge, you get a circus. It was an absolute kangaroo court. And, you know, I'm waiting for my re-education training punishment to come out still. Um, we've raised, uh, not me, but uh, my colleagues through a nonprofit have raised a legal fund for me. And so some of the best attorneys in the country were going to work 
constitutionally to combat right back against them. Oh, I, I'll be I'll be waiting for that to happen. Meanwhile, can you practice? Medicine? Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, can. Okay. I got squeezed out of my lab by the insurance companies. The same reprehensible human. His health plan through his hospital system with thirty percent of my my payer base, and and the insurance companies are like, we don't like what you're saying. We want all your medical records for ivermectin. I said, these aren't your insurees. And I didn't charge any patients. And they said, well, you didn't comply with our request. That's unprofessional behavior. We're canceling your contract. That was the beginning of the end of my lab. So I had to sell to my younger associate, who's an excellent pathologist. But, you know, I could work all day long. If I can't get paid for it, then you do something different. So, but, but are you, so then you have so access I, to a lab now and you can do research or no? Is uh, well, no, I'm, I still have my microscope and, um, <laughs> and I still have my office. And so I'm going to have to contract out some of the technical things so I can still review some of the autopsy cases and some of the, the COVID biopsies and whatnot, the spike protein biopsy. So it, a lot of the work I showed today is what I've done. And at this point, I'm kind of hamstrung trying to just rebuild a little research lab. Well, you, uh, you, were, you are and were one of the best, most clear, articulate uh, defenders of truth, I should say Thank it that you. way. Uh, and it, it, Dr. Cole, the, uh, the, the blood clots, were you seeing those in your lab before all this happened? I, I was seeing it with COVID. I mean, COVID itself was a clotting disease. That spike protein induces clotting. And then after the vaccines rolled out, we certainly saw a whole lot more clotting because the powers that be picked the worst part of the virus to you know, turn into a supposed you know, vaccine. It's a gene-based injection. It's not a vaccine. And so, yeah, I was, I was seeing and calling out the damage from COVID early on. And then when the shots rolled out, I had no choice. I, I saw a pattern shift that I'd never seen in a laboratory. And at that point, you know, I, I knew there were going to be problems with the vaccine, like I mentioned. But a gene-based injection and mislabeled as a vaccine, uh, that's how they duped the American people, is they used words of trust every, oh, vaccines, I've had vaccines, vaccines are fine. If people were told, you're getting a genetic therapy, it's experimental, investigational, we don't know the long-term outcomes, do you think as many people would have gotten this? No, they, they weaponized words, they weaponized the language, they propagandized. And that's how they, you know, I, I meet a lot of people at these meetings and the question is, well, so I got the shots. Now what? And so I'm oh, I hear that too. Ask people, ask me because I covered it a lot, and I don't know. I really don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to tell yeah, them. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing a book on it. I w- I thought I'd have it done this month, but I've been at meetings like this every weekend for six weeks in a row now. No so. kidding. Well, that's good. I mean, that, and I'll be good. in the Romanian Parliament testifying next week. No kidding. Uh, home for Thanksgiving, then the Croatian Parliament, the UK Parliament. So we're getting in front of people that are finally listening. Well, New York, New New York, New Europe, is kind of like our next best hope. I think I'm moving to Poland myself, but I, I want to ask you a question. Just if you don't mind, I want to. One thing came up that I did not understand, uh, so I can't find the words exactly. But it, it's the the, um, the uh, DNA, like oh, yes. do, getting loose or tr- doing something, and I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, so, so say you go to the grocery store and you expect to buy a hamburger, yet it has a bunch of um, horse meat in it. You know, they've mislabeled it and misadvertised what it is. So when these shots were made, they are supposed to be RNA, synthetic RNA, and there's a process where you can synthesize it just by a PCR method. And that's what Pfizer did in the trials. Then they did kind of this switcheroo, pulled the rug out, and said, we can't make enough that way. We're going to grow it in bacteria. 
And so you, you grow a little loop, a little circle of DNA, and then that makes the RNA. And then when you purify it, you, there's a little enzyme that breaks apart that DNA, and then the mRNA is supposed to be wrapped in the little fat packages, the lipid nanoparticles. What happened is they didn't purify the DNA out of it. So in addition to DNA being in these shots, it gets wrapped up in this little bubble of lipids, and now it can go into our cells, go into our nucleus, and there are billions of copies of DNA. These are impure products. This is adulteration and contamination. DNA has high risks in the long term compared to RNA, and this RNA was synthetic engineered, didn't break down either, and was persisting in the body for months on end. So it's, it, it's a misadvertised product. It has uh, sequences of a monkey virus in it, SV40, that was known to cause cancer in the polio vaccines when the polio vaccines were contaminated years ago. This has a, a, a segment of that, a, a known promoter region, another region of that monkey virus that helps it get into the nucleus of our cells. And every attorney general in every state in this nation should pull these off the market immediately. Are you, now, sorry, forgive me, I, you know, I'm not a pathologist, I'm a layperson. Yeah. Are you talking about it? You mean the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine the for mRNA, COVID? Yeah, the, okay. fi- the Pfizer right, so and Moderna. And here's the problem. They're like, oh, this is how we do it going into the future for RSV, for influenza, whatever shots we want to make. If they're going to grow it in bacteria, they have to purify that product. I would never get a gene-based injection ever, personally. But this is the problem. These these are contaminated with DNA, and, and having DNA can be permanently park itself in the nucleus of your cell. Well, that's what... See, let me ask you this part, because we all have our own DNA code. I know that. Sure. See that part? I know. But so what happens when some other DNA comes in to mm-hmm. visit? I mean, what is that? What happens? Well, is it mess with your personal code? It messes. Change well, your... It, it, it can cause your cells to make proteins they're not supposed to make, which can induce your immune system to attack your own cells. You can make autoimmune antibodies. Um, if a little fragment of DNA parks upstream from... Uh, uh, a cancer-causing gene, an oncogene, or a tumor suppressor gene, it can cause those to malfunction, and then you can have rapid cancer growth, as we've seen. Um, it can cause your heart cells to not fire together properly, as we've seen. It can cause neurons to fuse together. A study just came out of Germany from a research institute there. I mean, so many things can go. You have a human blueprint for a reason. We're not supposed to insert things into that blueprint, and, and that's what the potential is with this contamination. Now, you know, do, do we have more study to do? Yeah. Should the government be doing these studies and funding them? Of course they should. They're still just covering up maybe what they not, did. Maybe not this government. No, not this government. And that's the problem. It's private individuals, private doctors, researchers, laboratories that have stitched together this whole story and, and figured it out. Um, the great work of Kevin McKernan and then... Uh, an oncology genetics researcher at University of South Carolina, Dr. Buckholtz, he wanted to disprove what Kevin had shown, McKernan, that there, the, there was contamination. He's like, oh, that's nonsense. They wouldn't do that. He was shocked, and he testified in the South Carolina Senate saying, hey, look, these are contaminated. I, I went to prove him wrong, and I, I, he was terrified. He's like, he's right. There's billions of copies of DNA in something that should be RNA, and even the European Medicine Agency, there was a, uh, a request that went in for their data, and they found that 
the vaccine, the RNA was fragmented even in the Pfizer shots early on. There's only 50% pure RNA. And that same thing happened in Australia with their Therapeutics Goods Administration. They found that they were fragmented RNA. Fragmented RNA is also a known carcinogen. So it's all corrupt. The manufacturing, there was no good manufacturing process, no consistency lot to lot. Every vial that's been tested so far from the original to the first booster to the current, um, I call it the Pfizer pumpkin spice booster this time of year. It's just <laughs> such a joke because that variant is extinct. And but all of them are contaminated with DNA. Didn't you They're s- all contaminated. They're all adulterated. Did you say today? Someone said that the boosters seem to be more damaging than the original. Well, it, what, it would, shot. what it does is the more more of these genetic injections you get, the more suppressed your immune system becomes. Okay. And the Cleveland Cl- Clinic did a perfect study and it showed in their fifty thousand employees, the more shots you got, the more you got COVID. And oh, and then people see that. Everybody knows that. Sure. Because they see it. Even And, and yet people are still lining up to get the boosters. It's, it's insane. Just, it's, it's insane. And then the, the other thing, too, is everybody hears about antibodies. Oh, I'm making antibodies. I say antibodies, schmantibodies, because antibodies are good or bad. What you want is an immediate, strong T-cell immune response. Those are the Marines of your immune system. Antibodies are kind of a delayed response. But there's a certain type of antibody. I, everybody hears, oh, I have IgG. Well, IgG 1 and 3 are great for fighting infection. IgG 4 is, is a tolerance antibody. So if you're exposed to pollens or allergens, you want that IgG 4 to be just enough that it suppresses you hyper-responding. I'm a beekeeper on my farm. So if I get stung, I don't want to go into shock. I want my body to say, oh, there's some bee venom. We'll swell locally, but we're not going to have you know, the systemic reaction. So over time, your your body, when exposed to certain things, you'll make an IgG4 to certain allergens. Great idea. That's what you want your body to do for an allergen. So you and I sitting here, about 1.5% of our antibodies are IgG4. What studies around the world have shown is after these <coughs> genetic injections, 40% of um, these boosted individuals' antibodies are IgG4. What does that mean? Now you're going to tolerate future COVID pathogens. That's horrible. You don't, you don't want to tolerate a pathogen because then your immune system is basically just tuned, tuned out and tuned off. Uh, one last question. People are listening, and they're really uh, in despair. They ask me all the time, and what do I know? They've had the vaccine. They, they feel like it was a mistake. They wish sure. they'd never done it. Is there any hope? What can we offer them? Here's the good news. Uh, So in Denmark, they did a large study, um, Dr. Schmeling and colleagues. And in that study, they showed about a third of people got basically a dud, didn't even have pain in the arm. And that's, again, these lots were so inconsistent. I think at least a third of people dodged a bullet. Seriously. And then about two-thirds had a moderate to moderately severe reaction, and about four or five percent had severe reactions. So the good news is it's not everybody. Not everybody got the same consistency of product, the same manufacturing of product. A lot of people are, if, if you haven't had anything to this point, you're probably okay. Okay. But that doesn't mean you don't take care of your health. I mean, cut the sugars, cut the carbohydrates, exercise. Vitamin D. Move your you body, vitamin, vitamin D, D with sudden. your vitamin K2, yeah, yeah. a little magnesium. But yeah, I, I you know, hyperbolically joke there's no such thing as flu and cold season, only low vitamin D season. Because if your vitamin D levels are low, you get sick, your illness will last half as long and be half as severe. 
I want to ask you, this, I know this is going to be hard to give a short answer to, but uh, would you do this all again? Absolutely, 100%. The truth is the truth no matter what. The slings and arrows, they can keep slinging them and throwing them. I don't care. I took an oath to a patient. I didn't take an oath to an administrator, to a hospital, to a federal agency. I took an oath to the patient. And knowing what I know, the hard part sometimes is just knowing what I know. Yeah. But I have this moral, ethical obligation to share it. I would, I would go through the same hell all over again because people were helped. Dr. Ryan Cole, and now you see why he has become a hero to so many of us. And so God bless you. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the privilege and honor of being here. All right, Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. The president again today repeated his endorsement of hydroxychloroquine, which the FDA said in June should not be used for COVID because it does not have known effects, known benefits, and it does have known risks for cardiac effects. So uh, how, how damaging is that, that he retreated the, vi- the video and defended it again today? Well, the only thing that I can do, Andrea, is, is do what I've done all along consistently is that you look at the scientific data and the evidence and the scientific data, the cumulative data on on trials, clinical trials that were valid, namely clinical trials that were randomized and controlled in the proper way. All of those trials show consistently that hydroxychloroquine is not effective in the treatment of coronavirus disease or COVID-19. My family received an email yesterday from a young friend of ours, a university graduate. She's now back home in her village in rural western Kenya, asking us if now there's a cure because she had seen the video. And now I see today in the newspapers in Kenya, warnings and columns to tell people, don't believe that video. If this can be transmitted around the country and globally so rapidly, don't we have to do more to stop these dangerous conspiracies from misleading people. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely correct, Andrea, and that's the reason why I'm very explicit and unambiguous when we say we've got to follow the science. (laughs) Oh, no, he's not unambiguous. Dr. Anthony Fauci, he is clear, he's as clear, he is the science, he's told us. That was back in about uh, probably 2020, probably 2020, Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. And I, I have to tell you, I just know from personal knowledge that hydroxychloroquine has been used in Africa for decades. Uh, Africans in some countries call it the Saturday pill because missionary doctors would give them that pill every Saturday night because it has such incredible uh, healing effects and preventive effects. It's also uh, given to prevent disease. So Dr. Fauci's, as usual, he was lying, full of it, quoting studies that were done Prove a lying point, not a true point. It's really astounding what happened to us during that time. It reminds me of other lies that I've watched through my lifetime. Another lie that I've watched is that, you know, a baby is nothing but a blob of tissue. It's no big deal when you end their life, when they're just this little blob. Nobody knows what that is and what it does. Or that um, it's uh, good for women to do that because now they can have their life. They don't have to be tied to a baby or they can go on and go to college and, you know, have their young, fun years and it won't have any effect on them later. 
uh, lies that it has no effect on your fertility in the future, that it has no effect on your emotional well-being, lies that the father don't, fathers don't matter, uh, that it doesn't affect them in any way. I could tell you point by point why all of those things are lies. And I will at some point if I haven't already. So just uh, stay tuned. And I'm trying. I've been trying for so many years, since I was really 21. That's when I first found out how they did abortions. I was just so, it wounded me so much. I'll never forget it. It was like seeing a piece of pornography. And so, yes, I've been on a crusade to stop this. And I've been on a crusade to stop women from doing this because I care about other women. I care about them and their daughters and their granddaughters. And I want to say, don't do that. Stop. Don't. It will have such harmful effects on you. It doesn't just take the life of your baby. It has harmful effects on fathers. And um, we'll go into that at some point. But preborn has a wonderful solution, and that is to show the moms their babies. And more than half of those moms, when they actually see their babies, decide to keep those babies. If you would like to help preborn, I hope that you will. It's, it's preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. There's an uptick in COVID cases and a new variant called BA286, some three and a half years since the pandemic was first identified. But if public health officials feel it necessary to ask America to mask up again, how many would comply? According to Gallup, in the first two years, public confidence in the U.S. healthcare system has dropped from 44% to 34%. And Donald Trump took to Truth Social to again make the issue political, accusing the latest outbreak to be hype designed to impact the 2024 election. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. All right, so that was uh, CNN, and that's a recent report. And that was President Trump who's running for president. Now, let me make something clear. The point here is not President Trump. That was a great statement. Thank you, Mr. Trump, for saying that. We will not comply. Robert Malone is the one who started that slogan, Dr. Robert Malone. But so do not write me or counsel me that Trump was bad on, um, on the virus and he allowed Fauci to run free. Well, that's a discussion for another day. And it has nothing to do with what we're talking about here, which is wise up, each of you. Uh, share this with someone that you love. Uh, have the courage to do that uh, because we don't want that to happen again. We will not comply. I've asked my sweetheart to join me. Bruce, are we going to comply? We didn't comply last time, did we? No, we didn't. And we heard about it from many, many people. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, remember, gosh, we got rebuked. I remember getting rebuked at a doctor's office. I was sitting there. I made sure I was away from people because I knew they were freaking out. Uh, I was isolated. And a woman sitting like several feet from me started barking at me. And I said, you know what? Uh, don't you, you need to just worry about yourself and not about me. Yeah. I'm not close enough to harm you. It, so It was amazing how people felt empowered to tell you what to do. Yeah, they did. It brought out the Nazi. It, it really did. You and I have been watching a lot of movies on Nazi Germany, which we always do because I think it's very helpful for us to understand what's happening now. Uh, be, people just amaze you at the way they cave and can be controlled. Yeah. When the rubber hits the road, most people, when the government starts to um, 
push back on them, push down on them, they cave because they figure, well, I'll just cave in regards to this issue and then they'll leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And we know, and again, these histories that we watch confirm that, that that will not be the story. There's something about power. When people in government get power, they cannot stop using it. It, It's like an addictive drug. And, you know, uh, listening to Dr. Fauci, I always said from the beginning his name should not have been spelled Fauci. It should have been Fauci, F-A-U-X-C-I, because he was the biggest fraud uh, I've ever seen. Um, When he uses the term, I don't want to be ambiguous, it's almost (laughs) like insert the laugh track right there because uh, we've heard him say, you need masks, you don't need masks. Uh, it's for old people. It's not for old people. It, it only applies to young children. It doesn't apply to young children. Uh, we, where one, where two, Yeah, we where need to three? shut down the schools. <laughs> I, 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 we shouldn't shut down the schools. He is the most ambiguous person yep. I've ever seen. I agree with you, and he should not be trusted or listened to. And it's going to take a long time for me to trust. I trust Ryan Cole, Dr. Ryan Cole. I trust Dr. Pierre Corey. I trust Dr. John Littell, who uh, organized this Florida summit on COVID, and all the other heroes that marched across that stage, and whose names you know. Uh, but otherwise, it's a small it's a small group. And medical schools are even being poisoned still. Uh, it's just uh, and and some of these big hospital systems, as we both know, are still like in that COVID mindset. It is just. In fact, recently you had some surgery. And I couldn't go in. I couldn't go in with you. Like I used to sit with you when they before you would be taken in for surgery and maybe walk down the hall with you. I couldn't do that. I had to stay in the waiting room yeah. until you came out. You know, I, I always say that um, the COVID crisis, quote unquote, is similar to the nine eleven effect in that we will never be able to quantify the lasting effects that nine eleven had on our lives and that now. COVID has had on our lives because anytime you think you've sort of figured out the effects of it, you have another experience yes, and go, wow, it, it's reached out to that now. It's reached out to schools. It's reached out to hospitals. It's reached out to private business. And just I, people's mindset. People's mind, yes. Yeah. Just, you know, young people, uh, they will be so easily swayed if this comes back with the mass. Yeah, you know, we were uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia, visiting uh, kid, the kids a few months ago. So many people were masked up and got runners. We were, we'd go for long <laughs> walks in the morning, and all these people running would ha- <gasps> have yeah, these masks but, on. We saw a guy come by running. He barely had clothes on. I mean, his shorts were so short, and he had no shirt on and just shoes, but he had what looked like almost like a World War One gas mask on. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's just a madness that has descended. And so we need to stop the madness and stop it from happening again, honey. Thank you for joining me. Um, all right, so Sandy Rios 24-7, you can reach us at 662-821-2040. I hope that you will uh, check out Ryan Cole. Can you believe all the price that he paid? I mean, the, the money he's had to spend, uh, the way he's had to now, he's had to give up his lab. It's just, it's really a sad story, and yet he's not a sad person. He's still, as I told you, although I know you didn't see it much in the interview, he's really a funny guy. He has a lot of word, like he says, first do no harm, and he's got first do no P-H-A-R-M, first do no farm, pharma. That's the word, you know, for the the medical establishment. So um, 
That's Dr. Ryan Cole, and I, I don't think you'll forget him, will you? And I don't think you'll forget Pierre Corey, who we talked about recently. Uh, he had an u- unusual solution for w- how he practices now, COVID and long COVID. So uh, I hope you have benefited from these shows. I hope you have, and I hope that if you've learned something, you've written information down, and I hope that you will share it with your friends. You can find us on any social media platform, on any podcast platform. You can go to AFR.net, which is our home base, and listen. And I hope that you will share this with your friends and ask them to listen. We want to save lives. And we, most of all, we want to save the inside of you uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. To be very clear, that's my goal always. I want to thank Preborn for their support of this show. It wouldn't be possible without them. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy to help them provide ultrasounds for women that are confused in their pregnancy or Christian Healthcare Ministries, who has come alongside us. They make this possible, too. Go to chministries.org slash Sandy to check out how you could get coverage for your medical concerns in a very different, refreshing way. chministries.org slash Sandy. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.